0: lisa fisher with how can i ease the pain doc are we trying to
1: ease some pain <laughs> yeah i think with lisa fisher the background it is the pain and probably the pain of the soul and <laughs> that she's easing so the psychologist should be worried by now but
0: yeah, all right. We'll come to that. The pain of the soul, the pain of the soul. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's a very painful illness. To, yeah, to, and once. that's
1: what we're thriving on. Pain makes us to leave. I know. People live. They don't have pain. It keeps, they don't come to us.
0: It makes people like you
1: uh, in business. Well, people like makes, you and me in business. Well, otherwise us, we won't be able to. It operate. makes some of us to be here to do very.
0: So tell us about uh, you go to varsity and you back from varsity. Uh, tell us about uh, what what happened? What happened
1: after that? Well, naturally after I've gone to varsity, then it was the right time for me to to get married. Mm-hmm. And I married my wife and we got four kids. The beautiful uh, wife. Uh, yeah, you had always dreamt of. Yeah, and <laughs> and we have four kids and those kids I love them to be, they know that as well. Mm-hmm. And two boys and, and two girls. And I've been very fortunate enough, I usually, you know, when you sit at dinner tables, when the the question arises, you know, how many kids do we have? Mm -hmm. And I usually say, I've got four kids Mm -hmm. that I'm aware of. (laughs) And my wife will give me this look. (laughs) What do you mean by that? And I have to clarify that. I said, no, 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 because those four, I made sure that myself, Mm -hmm. I've asked the surgeon that I actually take them out. I heard and and, I heard and, and, and then when they put the tech around their feet and their arm, yeah. I know this is the right specimen and that comes from my beautiful wife. Tell me
0: what, what tell me what was the story behind you delivering your own children? Is it no, It was
1: I think it was more curiosity yeah. and to see if you deliver the and the bonding would start with me because I picked him up first old you start with the mom so it was somehow of a psychological reason that i have to do that and a bit of competition yeah yeah. i I don't have a result on that because my kids love us both
0: (laughs) So there was a bit of a competition there. It's a bit of a competition. You, you come across as a very competitive.
1: And place, and like. also for for my wife, I think it was more of a supportive role. You know, be mm-hmm. the father that I wanted to be, mm-hmm. as she go through this labor pains, I should be there from day one up to mm-hmm. the up to the last day. Mm-hmm. And for me it was playing that supportive role and also understanding what's happening. Mm-hmm. And when you know more, you become very scared and very apprehensive, and the anxiety level could go up mm-hmm. because you remember if something can happen during that birth, that yeah. That one hour after you've been born, it's a critical hour. True. You have to monitor everything in order for that food to go mm-hmm. according to the book. Yeah, yeah. So I was playing like more almost like a double advocate, you know, mm. supporting my wife, checking on the doctors and yes. checking the quality assurance yes. and checking that they're doing everything else. But yeah, yeah. I was surprised the hospital did a good job and my kids are up and running. Wow. And how old is the oldest? The oldest, is she, he is 24, the second one, he's 21, and he's doing second year BA law. Mm-hmm. And other two are still at school, grade 9, and still at 11, grade 11. Mm-hmm. And the other doing grade 8. That's all standard 6, form 1. <laughs> would you describe yourself as a family man? Well, I would because I'm more supportive to my wife and also I'm more supportive to the kids. Okay. And uh, I believe more in family orientation. And yeah. I believe what the church has done for me, it was that. And also, by the way, I was not born Catholic, you know, I was sort of naturalizing Catholic. Mm-hmm. And it started well at university, at Vets University here, where I joined the Catholic Okay. at that time. Yes. And at that time, I don't know, it was my wife that pulled me towards the Catholic Yeah. Or it's just, you know, that thing that destiny was not on my side. But I was naturalized and I've gone through all the processes of becoming fully Catholic. Mm-hmm. I've gone through the Alpha course. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have. And... My kids are not as religious as I am because mm-hmm. they they happen to have their own mind. And yeah. they do visit to church. Yeah, once mm-hmm. in a while. Once in now a while, and again. just to make daddy happy. And if they want to convert daddy ATM to daddy church, so they know if they go to church, they soften me.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Now, um, you are a scientist by training. Yes. And uh, then diving and being drawn to issues of spirituality, mm-hmm. which to, to 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 a great extent cannot be verified, and it's yeah. very. It's very, it's the premises it's built on his faith.
1: Yes. I mean, you know, when you talk of faith, it's something that you believe that you have mm-hmm. never seen. Mm-hmm. And if you've been a scientist and you know that it's not in your own making, you know, you talk about the genes. Mm-hmm. You know, the genes that you carry, you don't know if you're going to pass them on. Mm-hmm. And with life changing and the whole world revolving, mm-hmm. and you sort of realize what's your strength, what's your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And upon that, you know, somebody said to me, before you have a breakthrough, you need to have a break. Okay. And I think in the turmoil of my life as I've been living, I did have a break. Okay. Before I have a breakthrough, okay. and the spiritual thing came a long way. I'll tell you, it came in my dream when I was fourteen years, okay. and I think I was at high school. And at that time, I was just thinking of beautiful girls, mm-hmm. and going to university, and mm-hmm. driving a beautiful car. Mm-hmm. And the spiritual thing wasn't for me, mm-hmm. and going to church was more pleasing my mom more than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, mom must get off my back, yeah. and i would do that. And the spiritual thing it just grows in leaps and bounds, and I couldn't resist it. And until I accept the calling. Mm. And you know it's somehow like a contradiction in terms, but it's not because where I'm practicing now, the two sort of complement each other. Okay, and there's are certain things that you can pick up a miles away. For example, if you're sitting in the studio here and somebody's more satanic, if he crosses along the street, I'll be able to pick that up through my own vibes. Wow. So it's something that we know it's, ex- it's existing, it's there, and if you are gifted, you know, allow the gift to work with you mm-hmm. and within you and becoming very easy.
0: I like the, the, the choice of words. The choice of words here was calling. Mm-hmm. Let's get into that. Mm-hmm. What, uh, how, what do you understand to be your calling at this point in this stage in your life?
1: Well, my calling is that when I started living like a young man and when you grow, you start having a family and you start being more appreciative of little things. Little things that you got a roof over you. Little things that you can afford a bread and put on a table. Mm. Little things that you could walk on your two feet. Little mm. things that you can think on top of your head. You know, little things that you realize that the sun always rises in the east and it sets in the west. Mm. You know, those little things that they, but coming to the calling part of it is that what is your drive? When you start understanding, what is my purpose on this earth? Mm. You know, how can I make a contribution to this earth? Mm. And you realize that, you know, giving injection is not enough. You know, it's not what you train for. And you start tapping into the other areas where you start feeling that people are more holistic and people are not just human beings by virtue of being human beings, but people are very holistic. Before mm. we realize that they are sick, we know that, you know, they are physical beings, they are mental beings, they are emotional beings, and they are also spiritual beings. Mm. And when you're talking of the spirituality and emotional stuff, that's the thing that we've not been taught at school. Indeed. You know, we've Indeed. just been taught the physical part that, yeah. you know, Father Brian comes, he's got a headache, he and is. a headache, you look at the symptoms of yeah, the headache. Yeah. You yeah. don't go to the root cause of the headache. Mm-hmm. And once you got that... Balance in terms of holistic approach. Yeah. Then you tend to view your patient mm-hmm. in a better light mm-hmm. and you'll be able to counsel them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we know a story that, you know, once you come to consult me as a doctor, you expect when you walk out, you should have a, an injection or you should have a tablet. Indeed. But if I come to you and say, let us pray, mm-hmm. you look at me and say, am I the It is, <laughs> is This is <laughs> <mean> crazy. It is is crazy. Um, Yeah, but but it's something that that, that we do. And people that I've worked with, they seem to be coming more for that type of intervention because uh, they realize this is what they need more than anything else. And gradually, we're becoming more enlightened and educated that the drugs that we're prescribing, they also got side effects, the side effects that are very detrimental. And some of the people that don't come out of the side effects, and they're looking for alternative. Mm. And we know that what we've been taught at school that everything starts from your brain. You know, mm. Once you can program it in your brain, you can do it, you can see it, even your eyes are closed. Mm. So that's the type of faith that you are, and once you tap into that zone, you should be spiritually fine, you should be tuned, you should be knowing what, what areas you're tapping, and obviously how you can manage in terms it gets out of control, because it does come out of control. Some people are very hysterical. For example, if somebody comes to you, she's been a woman, she's been molested, maybe she's been raped at the age of eight. Mm-hmm. It's only at 48 when she starts telling you, and you are the first person. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the spills that one has come of that? Mm-hmm. And if you're not being trained or you're not being exposed to that, how do you comfort, how do you consolidate, and how do you ring that around it? Mm-hmm. So it's something that, you know, somebody will say, I've never told anyone else, but this is what I'm telling And you ask yourself, why me? Do you see your work in your
0: in you in both of your two practices as part and parcel of your ministry and i use that word deliberately
1: yes i see that as part of my calling because if i wasn't called and if i didn't have this gift that i don't know how to define but the gift of seeing and the gift of healing and we know religiously speaking when you say with your straps I'm healed. Yes. And you know that you know when you have faith in leaps and bounds, whatever you touch in the name, the name of Jesus, it will be healed. Mm. And that type of force, that type of momentum that propels you, mm. it makes your patient to be more receptive. Mm-hmm. And also once they're being receptive, you don't know it's a psychological thing or it's a school barrier that you have to go through mm-hmm. but all of a sudden they turn up to be something else that you didn't believe. Wow. Sometimes you know that somebody's got a a disease that will take four or five days, yeah. but with your intervention, you find that that's cut into two days. Wow. And you say, This is defining the odds, this is defining what I've been told. It also surprises me because I've been learning other side And you end up people coming to you say, uh, Doc, I just came just to tell you I'm fine. I said, But you didn't have to come. And you do the test, you find that uh, the whole thing is being healed, or the, the disease has been healed in a way. Mm. And that also surprised me as a as a practitioner, mm.
0: Mm. now off a we're talking about how it's difficult to to, to, to to define you because you're not just a GP. Mm. You have specialised in physiotherapy, sports medicine, functional medicine, emergency medicine, and this is precisely also one of the reasons why we are celebrating you and uh, mm. why we are actually saying halala to you today because of that continuous development. What 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 what, what has made you to continually be saying and Simba was telling me that. until now you are even still studying you know you i mean you could have just said you know what i have my first degree knock a doctor and that's the end and you throw away your books and you know you know you can now go around having a big head in the townships and in Mm. our middle class society
1: i think it's a question when you know that knowledge is power Mm -hmm. and when you realize that you can't know everything and the scary part is that when you start thinking about it and you start thinking about yoga that have graduated 20 years ago, they've never been on any courses, I've done the upgrade. Yes. And also the calling that comes into being that you know, you have to be on top of your game. You've got to be knowing what you're doing. And you've got to be knowing whatever you're dispensing, it touches people's lives and it's going to change people's lives. And that thing, that's the drive that, you know, I have to have the cutting edge information so that whatever I deliver, it's based on science and it's based on my intuition mm-hmm. and I've got the faith and the belief that it would work mm-hmm. and at the end it's not about me it's about the product that comes in the product walks in and walk out smiling <laughs> and obviously they have to pay for that so. in
0: the midst of all this do you find time to recharge yourself spiritually emotionally physically yeah and how do you do that
1: well going out one of them is going to retreat one of them is taking the family on holiday one of them to come very close to a kid because as they grow they got their own challenges Mm -hmm. and within their own challenges you become a father you become a psychologist you become a shrink you become everything to them And remember, also being a father, there are people that look upon you, and you become a role model in a way. Mm, mm. And that's the thing that you know when that God has given you, and you got to see that you apply yourself to the best of your knowledge, Mm -hmm. and that goes with the challenges, Mm -hmm. and also recharging yourself. You know, meditating. You know, it's one thing that I do most of the time. And I do enjoy my morning walks as well. So, mm-hmm. so that's something that gets me going as well so that, you know, I can have a clear perspective of what's, what's happening. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that sort of recharges me. And I can be a quiet person when I need my space my wife knows that you know he she has to create that space for me because i need it for my own good
0: wow now mm. with all these things that you've just mentioned and shared with us uh, you're involved in a lot of activities very 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 busy mm-hmm. how do you get that balance i mean from running from being the board <coughs> chair of bara from running your two practices one in board and one on the other side from you know and from being involved
1: in the men's forum where do you get the time and how do you I mean, balance it i mean time it's what you create and time is what you perceive to be and time you know there's a saying that time loss is never gained, mm-hmm. and then you cannot allow a vacuum because once you allow a vacuum you allow yourself to to to, to be vulnerable to certain things and once you plan your your day then becoming very much needed. I'll take an example every day I've got my diary in my diary I've got to-do list and after every five or ten patients that I've seen I make the point that for a half an hour I sit and meditate if I don't sit and meditate I've got to read something and in that time it's my quietness hour and you know it's amazing that when you got 24 hours if you divide 24 hours into into three you get eight hours each and it's been designed that the eight hours you can d- decide so that eight for sleeping mm-hmm. and recovery mm-hmm. and other eight hours it's for work mm-hmm. and other eight hours it's for your family. Mm-hmm. And once mm-hmm. you've got that thing going on, you'll be able to be a balanced person. You'll be able to work your way out because you can't say, I don't have time to sleep. That eight hours is there. It's a given.
0: So you find time to study, Yes. you find time yes. for the family, mm-hmm. time to put bread on the table. Yes, And <laughs> t- time for
1: friends as well. And to time to watch TV. <laughs>
0: And then get cold and go on
1: call. Yes. If you're on call, then it means that it's creeping on your family time. If you're not creeping on your family time, it takes a chunk out of your sleeping time. Mm. And remember, when you're over 50, you don't sleep eight hours. Six hours, it's enough. (laughs) I speak to those elderly youths. They will understand what I'm talking about. Now,
0: you've been practicing in the church. You're involved in the church. What do you think are some of the challenges that we're facing as the Catholic Church?
1: I think as a Catholic church, you know, we, I think we're moving in the right direction because if I don't have to quote a scripture, I remember when the bishop came to us and then it was a confirmation and there was a scripture that he read from James mm-hmm. and he said the church that doesn't have a vision is doomed. It's like an empty vessel that's like a symbola team. Yeah. And I think with the Catholic, we're trying to find ourselves and we're very strong as Catholic and we don't become very vulnerable we can defend our catholicism mm-hmm. and based on that i think our religion has grown into leaps and bounds and once you start practicing that and one thing that distinguishes us from other churches as catholics mm-hmm. it's a prayer that we do our rosaries Yes, you know and the thing that we can be able to to do our outreach, you yes. know, I'm looking at the women that are CW, the good news, the good things that they are doing. Yes. I'm looking at Saint Anne's, the good the good work, uh, the good work that they are doing. Yes. I'm looking at other churches where they've got the Saint Joseph men, mm. you know, the good. Things Mm. that they are doing there. Mm. And also, you know, when you get into Catholic, you know, you can't sit and be at the back seat. You've got to be involved. And then, if you don't involve yourself, you might find yourself many times being misplaced. Mm. So, once I get into a church, I'm walking into a zone. And then, when I walk into a zone, I know exactly what is my divine calling. And my divine calling is in the healing ministry. Mm. And when there's a sermon or whenever something is happening around the church, then I know exactly. What is the wavelength that I'm moving at as well mm. So but the things that you know, You cannot come and sit back and just hold things to happen And be you a passenger You've got to make things happen mm. And many a times if you don't know what to do If you speak to the pastor of the parish council yes. There are a lot of things that can be done in church
0: I hear you are on the, you're, you're heading, you're coordinating the health desk in your parish. Mm.
1: What, what what
0: what are some of the things that uh, you are doing as part of that mission, ministry?
1: You know, part of that mission, remember when we meet at a church, church is not a hospital, it's not a clinic. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, many a times I'll share with radio listeners, we got, I call them elderly youth, boom, may we share older than 70 and 80. Uh-huh. And many a time that has been a challenge for me is that They've been told and they've been schooled that before you come to Misa, if you're going to accept the Holy Communion, mm. try not to eat. Fast. Mm. You fast. Mm. And you find that if the Misa for that time is not starting at 7 o'clock, start at 8 o'clock, they're mm. out of their time zone. Mm. And once they're out of their time zone, before we get into into a second part of our Misa we in the middle be. of the Misa, mm. they start collapsing. True. And when that's collapsing, that's when the divine intervention comes in. Mm. That's when we start saying, you know, you haven't eaten anything. We ask mm. anyone who might have a bit of a sweet or something yes. just to get that. But the things that, you know, I feel that it's a bit of a challenge because it's your faith. And remember that, you know, we don't have enough platform to teach, to educate. Mm -hmm. That, you know, you are 80 years old, you need to be drinking water, you need to be looking after yourself, you need to be eating. If you come into church early, eat late. Mm -hmm. If you come to church later, then eat later. Those type of of little things. And sometimes, you know, those things, they go unnoticed. But, you know, once they know that this... Dr. Diala on that little corner there mm-hmm. when somebody collapses you know you had a tap on there and obviously you're out of the mass yeah. <laughs> now that's a calling that I'm talking about that you go to and resuscitate somebody and come back and join the mass mm-hmm. and sometimes one is a challenge it was mm-hmm. and then you hey, find out yeah. I'm going to miss my <laughs> <mal na."> so what's going to happen <you know? laughs> when I leave this church I won't be charged I'm going to miss my brandy yes. or something like that but yes. you know it's a calling that you know that when it happened that time, God knew that that person would get help from some, somebody else. Mm. And the support structure has been very outstanding and appreciated because we do have nurses that are in church. Yes. And if I run into problem, I've got the luxury of calling them and yes. then we do that. And also as a challenge, you know, uh, we used to treat people like in silos. And at the church, there's no something like a sick bay. Okay. You know, it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you fall on that yeah. chair, we need to take you out outside mm. and try and resuscitate you and that has been a challenge as well you know mm. can you imagine exposing a poor mom mm. you know it's not in winter it's even worse now in summer it's much better than can give water sugar water and then they can dig so that get their sugar level up but that has been a challenge
0: and tell us about your work at Radio Veritas you're, contrib- you're also contributing on Radio Veritas <laughs> once a week tell us about that <laughs>
1: Well, 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 my contribution is like part of the calling, you know, part of plowing back. Mm. And I thought, you know, Radio Veritas would be a, a a good platform for me to do what we call a mass education. Mm-hmm. And mass education is that making aware people about the disease and their disease profile. Yeah. And the key is what they can do when they're not at church. Mm-hmm. What can they do if they're not next to a clinic? Yes. What can they do if they're very far from the hospital? Okay, and if yeah, they have yeah. that type of information... When they then consult some of the healthcare providers, Mm -hmm. then they can look very intelligent and say, "No, I've been listening to the radio. I said I've got lesteriosis. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? (laughs) That's food poisoning." Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> True,
0: yeah. And uh, I gather you write in a book, but you're not yet uh, complete. Yeah, no, book. no, no.
1: I'm, I'm busy on a book just to write about my, my history, where I come from, and my contribution and my challenges. Mm-hmm. And one of my highlights in my career, Um, when I was practicing physiotherapy, I happened to become a spin physio. And that has been a challenge on its own. And I had the luxury of traveling around the the breadth and length of the print. Mm -hmm. And I was once at the Olympics, which was something that I think it's an experience that I need to write about. And I was all all Africa game and something that I need to write Mm -hmm. about comparing traveling in Africa Mm -hmm. and traveling in Europe (laughs) and also traveling down in Australia and New York. Yeah. What what were the challenges as well? And also being thrown into that as a cultural shock, being a black man coming from the township, mm-hmm. just got a sports medicine degree, yes. and you're all white in a white, all dominated sports. Mm-hmm. You know, that has been very, very would challenging. Would you say
0: that, that that was one of the biggest challenges that you had to face in your career? I mean,
1: that was the second one after giving birth to my kids. Okay. That was the second one. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, what would you say to? Uh, our listeners right now, who are listening right now and uh, experiencing the same challenge that you had, because that's 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 a very common challenge that, as young black men and mm-hmm. even women, we're mm-hmm. experiencing in South Africa, even in 2018.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I think the message that we have to go out is that you know, be yourself. Don't be. Don't try to be somebody else, mm-hmm. and grow in your faith. And if everything else we got prayers that we can that we can pray. Mm. And if you don't have that type of support prayer, make sure that you belong to a support group. A support mm. group could be a social group. If you are a Catholic, there are many solidarities. There are many ad labs there that you can join, that you can belong. But the key here is that you have to belong. Support is very vital. It's very key in all aspects. Like so we, we can't do it on our own. No, you can't do it on our own. Can you imagine if you offer a brand and then there's no a forum for us you know yeah. or even family nothing. even our family you know, we come from families yeah, yeah no no it's it's very key yeah. and don't ignore your families as well and if you have yeah. got children love them to be it. if you are married be a married person and play your part within that particular context mm-hmm. and if you are a student try and stick to your student studies and mm-hmm. look at the bigger picture why you there and what's going to be happening mm-hmm. post your qualification or post your school mm-hmm. so that's something that you have to look at and probably if you graduate to unemployment have faith that Work will come, because this year, I know, I'm not a saint, but I'm declaring a double portion here. In and amen. you're saying grace upon grace. Amen. Grace, grace upon amen. grace. The Lord will answer. Uh,
0: and on a, on a health and wellness uh, side?
1: Well, what? on a health and wellness side, I think, you know, a few tips. Yeah, well, a few tips few really that, you know, that I'm talking about with you so almost on Wednesday, that, you know, healthy lifestyle is very key. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, exercise and know what exercise you do and why you're exercising. Secondly, eat Before, right and okay, live right. Okay, what is eating right? Eating right is that, you know, you should know your, 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 your type of food that you want to eat. Basically, we say if you eat a lot of vegetables and a lot of fruit, and that could be part of eating healthy. Mm-hmm. But we're coming from different types of, of some Somebody in Eastern Cape you might feel that like if I eat same every day. That's healthy for me. Mm-hmm. And somebody that comes from, from Acres, mm-hmm. he might think eating cotton every day, that's healthy for me. Mm-hmm. And somebody that comes me from Eden Vale or Bedford he might, if, if I eat a sandwich, he's got the lettuce inside, that's very healthy for me. Mm-hmm. So the key here is to identify your deficiencies within your own body and decide what, we, what your body needs. But, but how do we. And the then you have to go to come to us, you have to go and see the healthcare professionals, you got to see a dietitian, mm-hmm. and they can sit down with you and pan out exactly what you need. Uh, so
0: I walk in and I say, yeah. You walk
1: in and say, said, you know, here I am and yeah. I need to know what is what is eat, right? And what is it that I can eat? What is it that I can eliminate? You'd be so surprised that so many things come from what you eat. Because I remember in my second year at medical school, we were told that we are what we eat. And I never believed it until 30 years ago. What happened? Then, then, then I started, say, you know, when my mom died from colon cancer. Okay. And we realized that, you know, my mom, she didn't eat well. Nutritionally, she was not balanced. Okay. And she needed to eat. And there was an issue of supplements, which is a big topic on its own. Mm-hmm. She should have supplemented. should have been on a specific high diet with high Mm protein that could have helped a lot. Mm. And being a doctor, I didn't have that information. The information that I know it was at second year, that last level, which I did just to make me through, to go through that last. You know, not something that I'll apply, something that will make me to get 80% and just go through. Doc, we (laughs) are going to
0: take a musical break, and we're not done with you. If you've just tuned in, it is Radio Veritas five seven six a.m., and it is our Catholic Pride. And today we're joined in studio by Dr. D. who is also a resident uh, contributor here at Radio Veritas. Do not touch that dial.